We're going to look at uh, Psalm 56 this morning. If you want to open your Bibles up there while you're opening up, I'll give you just a couple of announcements. Um, <clears throat> first of all, the course this next weekend is the anniversary of the church. Forty years, uh, Ocean County Baptist Church has been preaching the gospel in, two, in uh, Tom's River. And uh, remember, Saturday night starts the activities. Uh, we have a dinner at 6 o'clock on Saturday evening. Uh, after the dinner, we have the Morels will be doing special music, a concert. Uh, and uh, that, if you're going to come to that, you need to sign up. Uh, you have to register for it. Uh, we will be taking a special offering that night to be able to cover the cost of the meal and also the cost of just to be able to take care of some uh, repairs that we've had to do here at the building. We had to put a new heating and air conditioning system in here, which was 27000 And that's always fun to say. If you say it real fast, it doesn't hurt real bad, you know. Uh, and then we had to do patching on the roof. All the drains and everything were leaking, and so we had to do repairs on that. That was around $9,000. So uh, these things come up unexpectedly. Praise God that uh, he provides for us, and we want you to be a part of that and certainly giving towards that. Continue to give towards the sanctuary. Uh, we're going to be have, setting a goal that once we raise the funds, I think we're around uh, $25,000 or $30,000 right now uh, towards that. So as soon as we raise the money, we'll go ahead and uh, get someone under, one under contract to redo the sanctuary we had prayed about and hopefully wanted to be able to do that for this anniversary coming up. Uh, however, COVID really kind of put a crunch on things. And so these are things you need to be praying about and how you can be a part of the ministry here, certainly through giving. And so Saturday night, six o'clock dinner, right afterwards, a concert with the Morales. Uh, then on uh, Saturday morning in the church services, we'll be having Dr. Shoemaker preaching at all the services. Uh, note the different time of the service. Uh, we will have 9 a.m. worship on uh, this next Sunday. And then at 9 o'clock will also be live streamed and, uh, and also we'll have children's church. And then at 10.30 will be the second service. We're not going to have three services. We're going to two services, trying to get everybody back together. And uh, so 9 a.m. worship and 10.30 worship. Uh, we'll have, still have the 5.30 discussion panel uh, and then at 6 o'clock will be our evening service. So you want to make a note of that. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we're having revival meetings. Dr. Shoemaker will be preaching every night at 7 o'clock. And once we do that, then our Wednesday night time of Bible study and prayer will be at 7 o'clock, not 6 o'clock. Okay, so we're going, as some people want to just, we had the three-phase uh, different type of approach to try to deal with things. Uh, we're entering in the third uh, phase three to try to get everything back to where it needs to be, all right? So you pray with us about that. But we really like for you to be a part of the dinner and certainly a part of the concert. Uh, the Morels will be singing Sunday morning also. And so we're excited about the special music that we're going to have as we celebrate uh, 40 years of ministry. Well, we're going to look at Psalm 56. <clears throat> the title of the message is, Where Do You Place Your Trust? In Psalm 56, we're going to read the whole psalm and then take verse 3 as our text verse. It says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. 
Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. O thou most high, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will trust his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. Uh, thou tellest my wanderings, <clears throat> put thou my tears into the, thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies be turned back. This I know, for God is for me. In God will I praise his words. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt, thou, uh, wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. Text, our text verse, verse 3. What time I am afraid... I will trust in thee. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the word of God. How precious it is to read it, to meditate upon it, Lord, to study it, to preach from it. Uh, God, we're thankful for the promises that we find in it. And Lord, I just pray that you would just strengthen and encourage us uh, through this tremendous psalm this morning. I would pray, Lord, that if there's anyone that is really struggling with fear and anxiety, that they would realize that there is always hope in the Lord and that they would turn their attention towards you. I pray, God, always that there's always someone that is present that's not saved. I pray, Lord, that they might uh, come to know Christ as their personal Savior. And God, I just pray that you would just bless the preaching of the Word of God in a special way this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Our text verses, when I am afraid, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And so what a crazy world that we're living in uh, in 2020. 2020 has really been a very interesting year, to put it mildly, amen. I'll be glad when this year is over. Now, hopefully January will bring something a little bit better, I don't know. But anyway, what a crazy world we live in. It seems like everything is turned upside down. You think everything's supposed to be going one way, it goes absolutely the other way. Uh, it's so confusing. Uh, it seems like we have developed in America a news media that simply have become propaganda machines uh, to promote their agendas or to support uh, corrupt politicians. Uh, it seems like medical emergencies uh, have simply become nothing more than population control. Uh, it's so alarming to see what is going on uh, in America. Personal freedoms have been exchanged for gover governmental dictates. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, years gone by, uh, things were hard, things were difficult, had to overcome situations in life, but it wasn't by government dictates. And uh, we are a people that lived in freedom, a people that lived with the concept that, wait a minute, 
if we work hard and we strive to meet the needs that we have in our life, that we don't need government intruding into our personal lives. But yet, that just seems like that's the norm for 2020. Uh, our elections have become just a series of frauds uh, used to gain power. Uh, I just cannot believe, I believe I'm with you on this, I just can't believe what I see unfolding in 2020 in reference to a major presidential election in our country. Uh, you know, and it's just, it's alarming. I don't know how you can all of a sudden find hundreds of thousands of votes that just, uh, you know, were miraculously found after you didn't make your quota, didn't make your account, so all of a sudden there's all these extra votes. It just, it's amazing the whole th process that we've watched. And however, in the midst of all this, in the midst of all this confusion and turmoil, uh, the Christian still has to live his life as a Christian. Uh, in the midst of all these pro problems and difficulties, uh, we still have a mandate from God to be a witness and a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, we are not to be distraught and distressed over these things. Uh, because we don't look to this world as our means of support, uh, we look to Jesus Christ. And the problem is we have become too dependent on the world and its leaders rather than dependent upon God. In Colossians 3.1 it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And uh, still, no matter what the election outcome is, or what, no matter what the problems financially may be, whatever uh, political movements may be going on, we still are pilgrims passing through. We're not dwelling here. We're not a part of this system. We're not a part of this world. Uh, we are the children of God, and God has promised to take us into glory, and he has promised that our focus is to be focused on where Christ is in the heavenlies. And so it doesn't really matter what goes on, these crises that we take over. I heard old Bob Jones Sr. Uh, say this in a message that he was preaching, a crisis doesn't make a man, it reveals him. And I, I, listen, these crises that we're dealing with in America are, are really revealing the character of Christians. And uh, we need to trust the living God, irregardless of what's going on. God is still on the throne. He is still in control. You're still a child of God. And no matter what happens, can that be removed or taken away from you? And so what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And so where do you place your trust? Where you place your trust will reveal who you are in reality. And uh, if you're just looking at this world and you're finding hope in this world and all of a sudden it's dashed, it's gone, uh, you got a problem. You're looking to the wrong place. You're looking to the wrong resource. So in this psalm, let's take this thing apart a little bit. Think about where do you place your trust. First of all, if you place your trust in the living God, you find security. Our security is in the Lord. Our strength in, is in the Lord. In verse 1 through 3, it says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresses me. And so I just thought of this, finding security in our position. 
our position as believers in Christ, our position as the children of God is that the devil is against us. The God of this world is against us. The position that we hold is that the world is never going to be supportive of Christianity and the Christian because the world is always generating the will and the way of demonic influences on those that are positioned in Jesus Christ. And so David is crying out here as he writes his psalm that, wait a minute, he needs God to be merciful because every man was willing and wanting to fight against him, oppress him, and literally swallow him up. So when we, if we're going to be able to find security in the world, then we have to position ourselves in Christ. Psalm 61 in verse 4, and I put a lot of these verses up on the screen for you today so it would be easier for you to follow along. But in Psalm 61 and 4 it says, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the uh, covert of thy wings, Selah. And so the, we, we dwell in the realm of the tabernacle of God. We dwell in a position that we are trusting in the living God. We acknowledge the fact that where there is safety, when I would be swallowed up by the world, is that I'm under the shadow of the wings of God. And uh, so Selah, and he says Selah at the end of that verse, because he wants us to stop and take a break and meditate on what he has just said. Think about the fact of where you abide. We don't abide in this world. We're, we're just passing through this world. This is not our dwelling place. We're on a pilgrim journey, and so uh, we dwell in the tabernacle of God. We trust in the living God's ability to protect us. And so our position that we hold is positioned under the shadow of the wings of God. Psalm 62 in verse 8 tells us, Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. So trust in him at all times. Uh, it doesn't matter who is the president. We still trust in the Lord. It doesn't matter who controls the Senate or the House. We trust in the living God. And it doesn't matter whether we are financially doing well as a nation and as a people or whether we are bankrupt and going other. The reality is the national debt is still going up. It's like $30 trillion now. Do you realize how much money that is? It's more than I have, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not having to pay off the debt off. Oh, that's right, I am paying the debt off. Every one of us are. Uh, so you say, what do I do in times like these? We trust in the Lord. We trust in the Lord at all times. And uh, why? Because we pour our heart out before him. He is a God who is our refuge. He is a God who is concerned about us. He is a God who hears our cry. He is a God who will protect us in the, our position of being opposed by the enemy. So I find security in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So I find security in resting in the Lord. 
Uh, you might not be able to find security in the stock markets. Might, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with the stock market and everything on Monday. It's just amazing. Anything changes and it, it drops like a lead balloon or something changes and it takes off like a rocket. Who knows what it's going to do? But what are you going to do? In times like these, what are you going? To, are you going to trust in the Lord? Are you going to pour your heart out before God? Are you going to find a refuge in your position in Jesus Christ? So we find security because of our position. We find security in verse two because of emotion. It involves emotion. It says, "Mine enemies would daily swallow me up." For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. I mean, he's getting emotionally involved with this message and his cry before God. And thinking that, listen, uh, when the enemy doesn't let up, when there's constantly pursuit, when there's a constant struggle, when there's a constant overwhelming, it drains you emotionally. And uh, it, it's disheartening to be able to watch a world that just seems to be bent on despising God and turning away from the Lord and uh, causing the Christian to be frustrated in their, in their life and how they live. It's a, an emotional experience uh, when the enemy is daily trying to swallow you up. And the sad thing is, is oftentimes... Uh, we lose our joy in the Lord. We lose our thrill of being a Christian. We become despondent. We just feel like, well, let me just run up and find a place on top of a mountain where nobody is and nobody can find me, and uh, I'll be okay there. And we fall apart emotionally. But Psalm 64 and 10 says this, The righteous shall be glad in the Lord. And it doesn't matter what's going on. It does not precursor the circumstances you're dealing with whether you're going to be glad in the Lord or not it just says the righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him and all the upright in heart shall glory and so here we have emotionally being stirred because of the enemy that is attacking and kind of uh, trying to oppress that wait a minute if I'm going to be able to exist I'm going to have to be emotionally connected with God. I need to be glad in the Lord. You can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, you can be happy whether Paul, if you're Paul sitting in the Philippian jail at midnight and with Silas and singing praises unto God, or whether you be sitting in the church service and just rejoicing in the way God blesses and God moves, no matter what the circumstances are, you can get happy in the Lord. And happiness in God and gladness in God is not based on the circumstances. It's based on the reality of who Jesus Christ is. So the righteous shall be glad in the Lord. Why? Because he says they shall trust in him. And all the upright in heart shall glory. Ah, we're going to get into glory one day, and we're going to be excited about that when we get into the presence of the Lord. I know the pastor speaker, just before he went home to be with the Lord, I went over to visit him. And uh, I'll never forget when I walked in the, the room to see him, he said, Hey, Brother Waggle, I'm getting ready to go to heaven. <laughs> I was like, Amen. And I told him, I said, Well, I got to tell you, I'm kind of envious of you. 
you know, it ain't going to be long and you're going to be in the presence of Jesus. You're going to be walking on the streets of gold. I mean, the things that you've been preaching about all these years, you're going to experience firsthand personally. I mean, to tell you, that gives you something to rejoice in, gives you something to be glad about. Because we're going to be in the presence of God and we're going to experience the glory of God. I'll tell you, it's an emotional. People say, I've heard preachers over the years, everyone say, no, you can't. We're not, we don't focus on emotion. Well, every one of us have emotions. And I'm not talking about just an emotional attraction that's motivated by some type of manipulation with music or whatever. I'm talking about a real, sincere experience with God that gives you joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's what I'm talking about. I find security in my position in Christ. I find security in my emotions in Christ. I see also verse 3, I find security in my declaration of Christ. He says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. That's a declaration. That's a statement of affirmation of what he is and what he experiences uh, in relationship to his God in spite of those that were against him. And so when people come against you and the world comes against you, uh, we need to make a declaration. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And I've got to tell you, there's been times I've felt fear in my Christian life. There's been times I've felt fear in ministry. There's been times where I was uncertain about what tomorrow holds. But God reminds me that when I'm afraid, I can still trust in him. And so that's a declaration of our position and our emotions that we have in Christ. Psalm 73 in verse 28 says, But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. And so what a wonderful opportunity we have when things are not going the way that we would like to see them go. What a great opportunity we have when things seemingly are under the control and influence of those that are wicked. What a great opportunity that we have when everything seems to be falling apart in everyone's life that we can, at that point, draw near to God and declare the fact that God is still at work, he's still in control, and he still wants to be using us for his glory. You know, uh, the church is coming up on 40 years of ministry. They say the number 40 in the Bible is the number of trials and difficulties. And, and uh, I'm like, okay, where do we come up with a theme with that one? Amen. Hallelujah for the trial. Amen. But <laughs> the church, the reality is, as your personal life and as the church's life, every one of us have trials and difficulties that we go through. And listen, this celebration of the 40 years is not a celebration of trials and difficulties that we've gone through, although there's been many trials and difficulties. It is a celebration declaring all the works of God to get us through all the trials and the difficulties in life. And so no matter what goes on in the world that we are living in, I can find security because with every trial, I can draw near to God. Amen. And with every trial, God can do a work in my life 
in spite of the trial that I'm going through. That's why uh, Peter says, you know, don't think it's strange when you go through a fiery trial. It's a natural thing we're going to go through fiery trials. And I'm going to say this, not every president that has been elected president in the United States has done good for the, the United States. And, uh, and uh, whatever we're going to have to deal with, we'll have to deal with. Amen. And uh, so the thing is this, find security in Christ. Uh, don't, don't, turn, turn the internet, internet off. Amen. You know, just turn it off. And uh, I was, I was uh, usually on Sunday mornings, I get here early and I pray and I put my message on the computer and I usually like to f look up an old time preacher and listen to a sermon on Sunday mornings and, and uh, I went to, on YouTube to look up an old sermon from one of the old timers and I ended up listening to Dr. Bob Jones Sr. this morning. And uh, uh, but anyway, when I turned it on, there was these news clips, uh, you know, reactions to the election and all this, that and the other. I said, I ain't turning that garbage on. I'm going to hear something from God. Amen. And I turned on an old preacher. I wasn't scared to preach the word of God. Amen. And he, he was thundering and preaching his message. And that was a good message. I'm not going to preach it to you. But anyway, you say, well, what's that got to do with anything? When the problems come, we need a declaration from God. When time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. That's what we need. We need to declare, I'm not afraid of tomorrow because my God directed things in the past. He's directing things now, and he's going to direct things tomorrow. He's still sovereignly in control of all things. So I find my security in Christ. I don't find my security in the world that I live in. So where do you put your trust? Find security. Verse 4 through 8, I see there's full defense. A full defense. Notice in verse 4, he says, In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. So I thought about this. First of all, spiritual versus intellectual. Spiritual versus intellectual. How do I find a defense in a world that is on the attack? How do I find a defense when the devil is ever fighting? How do I find a defense in being able to deal with the issues in life that I'm dealing with? Uh, it, you have to come down to a point. It's spiritual or it's intellectual. Are you going to be able to try to intellectually figure it out so you can manipulate it? Or are you going to approach it spiritually and like trusting that God knows what's best to do? You know, the, the, Trump's got all of his lawyers and they're all going to be filing uh, lawsuits and all these different things. And in the intellectual minds will be trying to figure out constitutionally what can be done or whatever. But how is this Christian going to respond? I think we have to respond spiritually. I think we have to respond with a sense of a knowledge of what God's word has to say and what does God have to say to me right now because I can't figure it out intellectually. How in the world do you figure out something like this out in the human intellect? You don't. All it does is stir more strife. All it does is create more heartache. All it does is create emotional distress. All it does is rip people apart. Uh, the Christian has got to make decisions spiritually and not intellectually. 
And so he says, in God will I praise his word. Why? Because he's going to get in spiritual instruction. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. So he says, wait a minute. I find defense from God in his word. That's spiritual instruction. I'm not trusting in the flesh because that's intellectual approach. And so, first of all, Psalm 119, verse 42 says, So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproaches me, for I trust in thy word. So how are you going to respond to situations right now? You better know what the word of God has to say. How are you going to encourage your heart, your family, your friends, your co-workers? You better know what the word of God has to say. Uh, you say, well, I'll, I'll outsmart them. I'll intellectually approach. No, you won't because everybody's got their own argument. Everybody's got their own uh, position. Everybody's got their own thoughts. But wait a minute. What does God have to say about it? And uh, listen, God has the final statement on everything. And so uh, scriptural versus intellectual. Psalm 125 and verse 1 says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. I like that. But abideth forever. Scripturally, scriptural versus intellectual. You know what? I can always try to reason through things, but that doesn't put me in a position of a total defense because there's a lot of nations in the world that has said they're going to continue forever and they're gone. Study history and look at all the nations that are gone. There's been many a person who's been in a position of power that said nobody will take their power away from them, but they are gone. There's many a person that thought he would continue to influence people in his society or yea, even in the world, but they're dead. Uh, but wait a minute, for the believer in Christ, we are as if we are Mount Zion that cannot be moved because of the fact we abide forever in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so my defense against that which is evil is I am walking with God, I'm living for God, I'm allowing God to fight the battle for me when I cannot fight it myself. When I cannot figure it out intellectually, the scriptures of the word of God come alive in my life. Psalm 146 and verse 3 says, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. There is not one man humanly existing on this earth that you can trust in. But there is a God in heaven who sent his son into this world that you can trust in. He's my defense. He's my shield. He's my buckler. He's my high tower. He's my savior. He's my Lord. He's my God. That's who I'm trusting in. And so scriptural versus intellectual. I'm afraid too many Christians are struggling and distraught about the outcome of our elections and distraught about the situations in America because of the fact you're not looking at it from a scriptural perspective. You're trying to intellectually connect with the reality of all that's going on and everything is mixed up and confused. Why? Because that when professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That's why. 
So we find security, we find a full defense, scripturally, scriptural versus intellectual. Verse 5 and 6, I see spiritual versus physical. Notice in verse 5, it says, Every day they rest my words, all their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together, they hide themselves, they mark my steps. They must be tr uh, contact tracing for COVID, I don't know. <laughs> uh, they hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. So just as important it is to understand my defense deals with scriptural versus intellectual, but spiritual versus the physical. And uh, the, the physically, yeah, they may be attacking you, and physically you may not be able to correct the situation, but spiritually God can still move. God can bring a revival in America, I believe, right now. And I'm praying for God. Oh, God, bring a revival. I'm praying for this anniversary coming up in this next week of preaching for God to do something in somebody's heart. If it's just one person, God, bring a revival. Psalm 115 and 10 says, Oh, house of Aaron, trust in the Lord, for he is their help and their shield. So spiritually, we have a help and a protection and a defense that comes from God that you cannot experience physically. In Psalm 115 and verse 11, it says, Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Spiritually, there is more power that you can experience than you'll ever experience physically. You know, the angel, the Bible still says the angels of the Lord encamp around the righteous. The Bible still says, you know, if God be for us, what can man do to us? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that when I stand up and preach, there's angels around here. You can't do nothing to me. Amen. You go out in the world and you go out and live your life. You go on your job. Remember this, the angels of God are going with you. You remember this, when the devil launches attack against you, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you that is your strength and your power to overcome it. You cannot do those things in the physical realm. You do those things in the spiritual realm. Spiritual versus intellectual. I'm sorry, scriptural versus intellectual, spiritual versus physical, and verse 7 and 8, personal versus political. In verse 7, I might get excited on this point. Shall they escape by iniquity? Let's find some more ballots. Let's commit some more sins. Shall they escape by iniquity in thine anger? Cast down the people, O God. Listen, all God has to do is speak the word and they're gone. Verse 8 says, Thou tellest my wonderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. I love that phrase. Because every tear you, you shed for the righteousness and the, and the blessings of God fall into a bottle that God keeps. And when you get to heaven, the Bible says that God shall wipe away all tears. That bottle be don't doubt. Amen. And you say, how do you know that theological? I don't know. I just thought about it. It sounded good to me. 
says, and they are, it says, uh, put thou my tears into thy bottle, are they not in thy book? God knows everything that's going on, personal versus political. Psalm 118 and 8 says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You're better, listen, you're better off to stop worrying about the political climate in America. Stop worrying about the political climate in New Jersey. The reality is you're going to get more taxes. So don't worry about it. Brother Murphy will take make sure he gets his everything he wants out of you. Uh, stop worrying about everything that is going on in this world and start living in the reference to the fact that you're not putting your confidence in man, but personally you're putting your confidence in God. Psalm 118 and 9 says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. So I think verse 8 is dealing with personal relationships. I believe in verse 9 it's dealing with political relationships. It doesn't matter whether it's those that are close to me in the realm of where I live or whether it's those that are in the seats of government that is directing and leading the affairs of our nation. But we trust in the living God and not in man and not in princes. Why? Because we have a full defense. God is our defender. And so I find security, I have full defense, and then verse 9 through 13, I see favor enjoyed. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee, favor enjoyed. Notice in verse 9, there's gained wisdom. Verse 9 says, when I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is with me. So gained wisdom. Uh, realizing that when I turn to God, no matter how severe the circumstances are, the enemy is turned back. And he just doesn't say that they're turned back, but he says, this I know. So it's wisdom that he's gained. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lead not unto thine own understanding. So you do not have to grasp and understand and comprehend everything that's going on in this world. All you need to do is trust in the Lord. So I got to figure this thing out. You'll never figure it out. So you just trust in the Lord that God knows what he's doing and he knows when to turn the enemy back. Favor gained. I see increased blessing in verse 10 and 11. It says, in God will I praise this, his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. An increased blessing that comes from God in the midst of all the attacks. In the midst of all the turmoil. In the midst of all the difficulties there can be an increased blessings. Proverbs 28 and 25 says, He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. When I read that, I said, I don't need to go on a diet. Amen? What does that mean, he shall be made fat? It means that God's going to shower blessings on him. That's what it means. And if we, if we can live our life in a way that we realize that God can favor us 
and bless us, then we would not only gain a wisdom of understanding the working and the will of God, but we'll be able to experience blessings of God. My wife and I were talking yesterday. We were talking, and, and uh, we, we, I always think back at Bible college. You cannot, you cannot take a pencil and a calculator and figure out how we live financially. There is absolutely no way. There is absolutely no way the money that we were making for income and the expenses we had with school and living and everything else, there is no way that that, that whole thing balanced out. But I'm going to tell you this, in four years, God paid for everything, and in four years we graduated with no debt, and we went there with, with nothing. We left basically with nothing but we owed nothing. Why? Because God can take care of you. God can bless you in the midst of problems and difficulties. The unemployment rate was 17% in Michigan when we went there. And I'm going to tell you, in the midst of poverty, God blessed us with a great way. Why? Because of favor that was showed towards us. There's assured freedom in verse 12 and 13. Notice he says, thy vows are upon me, O God. And I'm going to just stop there and say the vows. When you know we vow a vow, God has to remind us in Ecclesiastes, when thou vowest a vow, see to it that thou keepest it, because man is great on not keeping his vows. But, he says, thy vows are upon me. When God makes a vow, he keeps it. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Assured freedom. Listen, when you walk with God, uh, I'll guarantee you this, God will always enable you to continue to walk with him. Uh, God does not prop us up to fail and to fall in the presence of our enemies. God blesses us with strength that is abundant where we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us because we walk with the living God. Assured freedom. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And uh, listen, there's not one person or one situation or one movement or one government or whatever you may want to try to put your assurance in and that will keep you safe like God can keep you safe. And I'm thankful that we have assured freedom. So here's some closing thoughts. Uh, first of all, when we deal with this matter, what time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. We have an inclusive assurance an inclusive assurance. In other words, the assurance that God gives us encapsulizes everything that he is and who we are in him. So inclusive assurance. I didn't put this verse on there, but Proverbs 30 and 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. I want you to know this morning that you can be assured of the fact that every promise of God, God has available for you to experience. And all we need to do is trust and gain our insurance through the Lord.
not only a inclusive assurance, but there's assured salvation. In other words, if God is going to bless us and we're going to trust in him, then it is for sure that he can save us. He can save us spiritually for all eternity. He can save us out of the will and the way and the hands of the enemy that attacks. And that's what the, uh, the psalmist is writing about, the fact that God is able to keep him from falling even though the enemy is fighting. 1 Timothy 4.10 says, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. And you have trusted Christ as your Savior this morning, then you're assured of the fact that you're saved, saved, saved. And because you're saved, 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 then you can be assured of the fact that God will watch over and protect you. And then I just thought of saving grace. Uh, in this matter of saving grace, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, but trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us freshly all things to enjoy. And so because of the fact, when time I'm afraid I will trust in thee, then I will experience the assurance, assurance that God is for me and God has saved me and God is with me. I can know that I'm going to heaven because of my faith in Christ and it's all because of the grace of God. And it's God's grace that delivers. It is God's grace that fills us. It's God's grace that secures us. It's God's grace that defends us. It's God's grace that shows us favor uh, from the Lord. And so, be, I, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. I like what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, I think I put that on there, didn't I? Did I put I did, okay. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said this, The greatest enemy to human souls is the self-righteous spirit, which makes men look to themselves for salvation. But let me expand that a little bit. The greatest enemy to human souls is just simply self-righteous spirits that make us look to men as our security. Our self-righteous attitude that we think we can, don't need God and we can live apart from God. The, 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 listen, the problem in America is we have become self-righteous. And America needs to repent. America needs to turn back to God. We need to trust in the living God. We need to recognize that there does make a difference where you put your trust. And, uh, and so who are you trusting in this morning? Where do you place your trust? Uh, folks, don't be discouraged. Don't be defeated. Don't be despondent. Uh, because God is still in control. He knows who you are. He knows the heartaches that you have. He knows the fears that are gripping you. He understands everything that you're going through. He knows exactly where we are as a nation, and he knows exactly what he wants to do through us as a nation. And so we as Christians need to live our Christian life trusting in the living God. Let's bow for prayer. My Father, I come to you. I thank you so much for allowing us to be together this morning. 
Uh, it's an alarming situation, Lord. We see the world in which we live. It troubles our soul. Certainly as a citizen of this country, it troubles us when we see the corruption so uh, prevalent and abounding. But, God, we are not trusting in those things. We're trusting in you. And, Lord, we turn our hearts to you this morning, and we ask for the presence of the Spirit of God to just move upon us and encourage us and strengthen us. And, God, we pray, we really do pray, uh, that we might see something miraculous take place. Uh, God, I, I'm, I'm believing you for something miraculous. I don't know, even know what it is. I don't even know what to pray for, but I'm asking you, God, to do something that where the world would have to stop and say, God intervened and God did this. Do that in our personal life. Do that in our church. Do it in our world that we live. God be glorified through us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.